Coffee Break, the advice podcast for teachers, brought to you by UEA. Welcome to the second episode of Coffee Break. I'm Lauren, a HE advisor at UEA, and I'm joined by my colleague Jess. Hello, um, I'm also a higher education advisor at the university, um, but I mainly work with schools across the north of England, and obviously Lauren generally tends to work with schools across the southern coast of England. So generally we work with quite a lot of schools, and hopefully we'll be able to provide some of our advice and guidance. This week we are talking about personal statements, and we're joined by John from our admissions team. We also have a guest lecturer, and we're going to be taking the first question from our postbag. So first up, we're going to be talking about higher education conventions. So Jess, what would you say are the benefits of taking students to a higher education convention? I think one of the benefits of going to the higher education conventions is that one of the best things is that there are so many different options available to you now. Between um, all the different UCAS conventions, you've got UK university search fairs, you've got uh, Walk Career Live events as well. It basically means that there are a huge number of higher education conventions running across the country. And depending on where you are, there can be so many different choices to choose from. You might have multiple different events in your area in your um, local county or it might give you the opportunity to take your students to a new city or a new university campus and explore a different area but one of the or obviously the main part of going to a higher education convention is that all of the universities are basically in one place and it gives your students the opportunity no matter what they're interested in to go and speak to a university that might be of interest to them it allows them to go and speak to different universities that have different entrance requirements, that might have different course contents, um, and it allows them basically to get a little bit more information about the universities than they can get, say, from the internet, from prospectuses, maybe from speaking to you. It just gives them a little bit more of a context. And I think that because students are thinking about what they're going to be doing in the next couple of years, it really gives them the opportunity to... to explore all of the opportunities, explore anything that they might be interested in, to get all of those questions answered all in one place at one time, and then after that, they can use the information that they've got, go forward, and then start to make the decisions that will take them on their future path. So Jess, um, you mentioned UCAS fairs in particular. What advice would you have for students to prepare themselves for the day? So, I mean, I think this is actually quite applicable for all conventions, not just UCAS Fest, but obviously UCAS Fest are the, tends to be the main providers. But I would always say, if you are taking your students, make sure that they are aware of what is going to happen. I mean, there are universities like ourselves that do offer presentations about how to prepare their students for going to UCAS conventions and higher education conventions. But if you don't have the possibility of doing that, my main piece of advice would be to encourage them to have a plan about who they want to speak to. For some of the large conventions, there can be 100, 150 higher education providers, um, employers, gap year providers, and obviously you might only be there for three or four hours. So it is important that students go there with a plan about who they want to speak to. Now I know that different students can be at different points of knowing what they want to do but they could at least have a plan about who they want to go and speak to. So my advice would be encourage them to do some research at least have a list of universities that they would like to speak to, maybe with courses that they might be possibly interested in. 
The other piece of advice I would say is please do encourage them to leave their details with the universities. Now, I know that some people can be off-put by leaving their details. They're worried that they're going to get contacted all the time. But I think it is important that for the universities that they're interested in, give them their details, and then that means that the university can provide them with additional information about the course that they've asked about. It can give them a little bit more information about the application process. So normally we can email out with things like advice on what we're looking for in a personal statement. We can advise them of some of the key dates that they might want to remember. And it's really important that we can also remind them about things like open days and summer schools or academic taster days. So I think that I would advise them to do that. But then the other thing, uh, and the last thing that I would encourage them to do is to attend the academic seminars um, that often run alongside these conventions. It can give them a little bit more information in a broad context about that subject, some information, a little bit more guidance specific to that subject as opposed to specific to the university. And I would encourage them just to try and make the most of their day. One big thing is tell them to break away. They don't have to travel in packs. They don't have to travel in big groups. They can go individually to universities and speak to the representatives like myself. I promise we don't bite. Now, obviously, like I said, we, we don't bite. We do spend a lot of time at different UCAS conventions. We do go to the UK University Search Fairs. We go to the um, what, Career Live Fairs. And we do spend a lot of time on the road at different conventions. Lauren, I know that you have spent a lot of time, and I say a lot of time this year, <laughs> at different conventions, and I know that we speak to a range of different students, but what is your experience of speaking to really well-prepared students? Um, yeah, so some students come over to the stand and um, they might already know what course they want to study, so in that case they usually come over with a list of prepared questions, and that could be um, asking more about the course, if there are options to do study abroad as part of the course, or if the student would be able to um, do some work experience. Sometimes they ask about the entry requirements and if that course might involve an interview they want to get prepared for the interview and they ask for tips and um, sometimes students are more interested in the life at the university and what the social side is like in particular they might ask about certain clubs or societies if they're already interested in a sport or if they already play a sport they tend to ask if that sport is an option at the university and then sometimes students ask for tips of things that they could include in their personal statement. But um, sometimes students don't really know what course they want to study yet at this stage. So um, in terms of those students, it's really important that they go and speak to a, a variety of people and take away prospectuses so that they can have a look later on when they get home. But it's absolutely fine for students to come over no matter what stage they're at. If they know what course they want to study or if they don't, it's a really good opportunity for them to find out more information. You've made it this far. Why not subscribe to our podcast? And now we're moving on to talk about personal statements. And we've got John here from our admissions team. Hi, John. Hello. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your job? Sure, yeah. So uh, I'm an admissions officer. I've worked for admissions for a couple of years. Uh, my job is just to look after uh, my admissions team in combination with uh, two or three other admissions officers. Um, and we process all applications that come into the university for all of the undergraduate courses. Great. 
Okay, so we have a couple of questions, and what we're going to start with is the first question, which is basically, could you talk us through the process from receiving an application and making the all-important offer? Sure. Uh, so, um, first of all, when we receive an application, we'll run, uh, we'll sort of look at a few technical aspects. Um, so we'll check through, uh, you know, what year the person's applied for and all the obvious things like that. Um, once we've had to check through all of those things, uh, we'll be looking at qualifications. Uh, that really is uh, the main aspect of an application. Um, so we'll go through all the qualifications. Do they meet the requirements for the course? Uh, have they studied you know, for a consistent period of time or have there been any breaks in study? And if so, is that documented? Uh, all those sorts of things. Uh, and then we'll move on to the personal statement, reference, um, and any other supporting information which has been provided. Uh, once we've checked it all through, uh, if we're in a position to make an offer, then we will do. Um, or if we're able to make a decision on the application, we will do. Uh, or if there's courses where we're interviewing or we need to request further information, that'll be the next step. Wonderful. Um, and obviously there, as part of that, you mentioned the personal statement. Um, we would mm -hmm. like to learn a little bit more about the personal statement. So what do you look for in a personal statement? Well, so it varies uh, depending on the course. Uh, We'll always look for a reference to the actual subject which has been applied for. Uh, so uh, that is the key bit of information, really. Uh, we're looking for general interest, uh, what it is that the person is applying to this course for, uh, and also do they have any knowledge of that particular subject. Uh, for courses where uh, we're looking for you know, NHS-related courses, so nursing, health courses, medicine, we're looking for experience uh, as well. So have they gone out and got experience in a healthcare setting uh, and anything else which would be relevant to that career as well. Wonderful. So uh, what else would you say stands out for you in a really good personal statement? Well, uh, if a person can fulfill <laughs> the prior specified comments uh, in a succinct manner, that's always really helpful. Um, and that then frees up quite a bit of space for them to show us a bit of personality, um, the things that they're interested in outside of university, um, what it is that separates them as an individual uh, from a group, uh, anything that they think is particularly fun or exciting, um, and things that they might actually bring to a university. Um, now, we're not looking for people to specify what they would bring to UEA, because we acknowledge that people are going to apply to a variety of different universities, so we don't need that, but we're just looking what sort of uh, activities a person might bring to, it, to a university outside of their course as well. Um, so are they interested in any particular extracurricular activities which they could undertake while they're studying here alongside their course? Uh, are there things that they would like to do which potentially could help you know, reduce their stress? Because you know, it can be stressful sometimes studying. Um, so anything like that uh, that they think they, that they could bring to the university um, and that would help them uh, when they're actually studying here not just specifically to the course that they've applied for. Okay, you mentioned extracurricular activities there. Mm -hmm. um, would you say it's more important to focus on the student's academic experience and what they're currently studying, or would you say it's more important to focus on the extracurricular side and their personality? Uh, in a personal statement, um, well, it's, it's important that we do look at uh, a little bit of academic uh, information. So that does need to be in there. But do bear in mind that we will have that person's qualifications. So they don't need to tell us what they're studying because we'll know that. Um, if they're uh, undertaking 
some more academic study outside of, you know, let's say if they're studying A-levels and they're doing something on top of that that's not necessarily clear from their application form, then yes, it's really helpful to go into a bit more detail about that and we will be, we'll be interested in that. Um, if they're studying a particular qualification at school and uh, they're looking to then apply to that same subject area at university, then uh, yeah, talk about that, what it is that they've perhaps got out of that subject area at school, what it is that, that interests them, what it is that excites them about it. Um, but you know, there are some courses at university that people won't be studying at school, so that might not be possible. Um, so it, as long as it's relevant, uh, it's fine, but they don't need to go into a huge amount of detail uh, with the academic side of things if you know, it's already information which is specified in their application form. Okay, that's great. Thank you, John. No problem. Do you know someone who would like this podcast? We'd love it if you shared it with them. Okay, and this week's guest lecture is Fabio from our School of Economics. Hi, Fabio. Hello. Hello. And um, basically what today is going to happen is that Fabio is just going to tell us a little bit more about himself, what his uh, teaching styles are, what he does as part of his research, and he's just going to tell us a little bit more about economics. Yes. Um, I'm Italian, as you can pick from my lovely accent. Uh, but I've been living in the UK for 16 years, and uh, I joined the University of East Anglia six years ago and I'm very, very happy. The school has been growing a lot, both in numbers of students and also in uh, members of staff. Uh, but we man managed to maintain a very clo close-knit relationship between staff and students, and it's really good fun. I'm very happy to be there. Wonderful, wonderful. And what is your area of teaching specifically? I cover all the three years. So um, I teach history economic thought at second year, and I supervise dissertation at third year. But I'm mainly involved in uh, teaching uh, macroeconomics uh, to first-year students. So it's really good because I can actually welcome them as they come in. Wonderful. And what do you teach as part of that course, or what are some of the areas of the macroeconomics? Well, we, we cover the, the fundamentals of how to understand uh, magnitudes such, such as uh, unemployment, inflation, rate of growth uh, of an economy. And of course, the students are really, really interested into these uh, kind of topics. Um, what, what, what uh, gives me most satisfaction is that by the end of the year, students can actually open a newspaper and understand the news and give their own opinions about what's going on in the world. I've been teaching this module for six years, and yet every single year, what we discuss about is different because it's completely informed by what is going on in the world at the time being. Um, and what do you think um, students, when they come to study at university and they're looking at economics, do you think that they get to study a huge broad range at the university or do you think that they get to specialise in specific areas or do they get to do both? I think that they can actually construct their own curriculum exactly the way they want. So we have, for instance, a pure degree in economics, so a lot of wide set of uh, options within the School of Economics and even within that you can become more theoretical or you can focus more on data analysis and policy making applications. But we off also offer um, a wide range of joint degrees. So they can study economics along with politics, they can study economics along with politics and philosophy, or they can be more orientated towards uh, finance and uh, business subjects as well. So um, they can come and talk to us and decide what they want to do, get some advice, and choose the way they want to build their own curriculum. Okay. 
Wonderful. Well, going back to what you said earlier, you said obviously that looking at um, the news changes each year and they look at different topics and they'll explore different topics. What has been one of the biggest topics that you've explored quite recently in some of your sessions? Well, um, obviously, when you teach about macroeconomics, you look uh, at uh, how countries interact with each other. So we discussed a lot uh, about Brexit. There is a very hot debate about what is going to happen after. And, and it's really important that we are able to distinguish our political ideas from technical analysis as well. Um, analyzing which data is available, which is going to inform what is going to happen in the future. And because uh, our students are going to be the next uh, generation of policymakers in the future. Uh, so we have to make sure that they actually can take decisions in an informed way. And did you by any chance come up with any solutions to Brexit? Did anything happen during that session or was it more... I believe that uh, economists like to disagree, and we are not always thinking everybody the same way. Uh, but the important thing is generating uh, a, genuine, uh, a genuine debate, uh, which is informing what is going to happen in the future. Wonderful. Thanks very much for that, Fabio. That was really interesting. Um, if you would like to hear more from any of our lecturers here at UEA, we would be more than happy to arrange a visit to your school. Do get in contact with us at schools at uea.ac.uk to arrange a visit. Coffee Break, the advice podcast for teachers, brought to you by UEA.